Okay, so today I'm going to talk about timelines, all right? Um, apt and quite timely given that this is episode number 41. Oh, I'm going to sigh a big fucking sigh of relief when I finish this podcast tomorrow. But anyway, I want to talk to you about timelines. Now, timelines are tricky because I've spoken before about, you know, billions of years and light years and different things that we've no fucking handle on. We, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have a grasp on it. We don't deal in millions and billions. So we don't know what a million years ago even fucking is. We have some conceptualization of it, but not much. Okay, so I could say to you that we landed on the moon in 1969. But for most of us, like for me, and this is actually an interesting one, I must do a, a podcast on this, on how people figure shit out. So how long ago was 1969? Just ask yourself there, but even fucking pause it and just think, and work it out. Take the fucking two seconds or 20 minutes or whatever length of time it takes you to figure out when was 1969. Now the way I do it would be 1969 is essentially the same as 1970. 1970 was 30 years away from 2000. It's now 2020, okay, which is 20 years the far side of 2000. So 1970 to 2000 is 30 on one side, and then on the other side, 2000 to 20, or sorry, to 2020 is 20. So that's 30 plus 20 equals 50, plus the 1 I added to 169 to make 70. So there's 30 plus 20 is 50 plus 1. So the moon landings was 51 years ago. That's personally how I would have worked it out. And it's interesting to see how other people would have worked it out. Like, if you've got a high enough IQ and you're, you have a fucking affinity for maths, you might just go, well, 2020 minus 1969 is 51. That might have been the way you got to it. God knows. Who cares? But anyway, as I said, that's for a later date. Most likely not tomorrow. So season number three. Fuck, have I mentioned season number three before? It doesn't exist yet, but it will. Anyway, I digress. I could tell you that the moon landing was 51 years ago. I could tell you that the moon landing was in 1961. Same fucking thing. But it's hard. Like, what, what does that mean? It means fuck all. And this, what I'm about to tell you, is not going to mean a whole pile either, but it's interesting as fuck. 1969 was 66 years after the Wright Blood Brothers took their first flight. For those of you that don't know, flying was invented by two brothers called the Wright Brothers, W-R-I-T-E, and that was 66 years before the moon landings. So it was in 1903, two lads hopped in a plane, flew, you know, 100 feet or whatever the fucking distance was. Not far, but still fucking far enough. A proper, legit flight. Now, before this, we would have had hot air balloons, I'm sure. But hot air balloons are a bit shit. Like, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're, they're a bit shit. They're cool, but they're a bit shit, okay? My understanding of hot air balloons, although not extensive, is that you can't steer the fucking things, okay? So you get a big sack pump it full of fucking hot air, and up she goes, okay? Now, there's a lid, essentially, at the top of it. So you, when you're in the basket that's hanging from the big sack of hot air, you can open the lid at the very top of it. You open the lid, the hot air rushes out, and you'll fucking drop like a stone if you don't close it quick enough. Now, I'm sure it doesn't open the whole way, and you don't just pull a lever and fucking terminal velocity, velocity, and you hit the ground. I'm sure, you know, you pull it down gently, a little bit opens, you glide down ever so slightly. You want to go up, you pull the cord, you get the big blowtorch going, and it fucking fills it full of hot air again, and up she goes. 
But in order to steer it, here's one for you. My understanding is that you can't. My understanding is that the way you at least try and direct a hot air balloon is by the wind. And the wind travels in different directions at different altitudes. So if you want to go left or west or east or whatever, fucking that way, you have to find out at what altitude is the air blowing that way. And if it's not, tough fucking shit, basically. Now, I'm sure there's a way around that. I'm sure you can go the opposite direction to find another wind. Look, I don't know. I do know that sail ships can do what's called tacking. So you'd be forgiven for thinking that a sail ship could only travel in the direction that the wind was blowing. But you can actually sail a ship directly into a headwind. You go diagonally. You go diagonally left, diagonally right, diagonally left, diagonally right. It's not ideal, lads, but, you know, it's free energy, so at least you're not burning up fuel. And I think that's called tacking. But anyway, the fucking moon landings. We landed on the fucking moon, lads, 66 years after our very first flight. Our very first proper fucking flight. Think of the shit that's been invented in the last decade. What will it be doing in fucking 66 years' time? But anyway, I'm fucking five minutes in. Holy shit, I've made a few notes for this. This is when I've actually had a few seconds to sit down and I have the fucking clarity of knowing tomorrow was the last one. So I actually enjoyed a little bit of research for this. And timelines are interesting as shit as well. Speaking of timelines, you mightn't have ever heard of the Oregon Trail, okay? But you've probably seen it and I can probably give you a relatively good visualization of it. Do you remember the old fucking spaghetti westerns? The old western movies, Clint Eastwood was in a few and John Wayne was in a few more, that kind of era. And you would typically have what was called a caravan, I think, which was, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 horse-drawn carriages. The, the carriages would have kind of had hoops around them, like a polytunnel nearly. They would have had hoops and then you would have pulled a tarpaulin across it. And there would have been wooden wheels, no suspension, no fucking anything. And you would have trundled along, kicking up a load of dust behind you. And it's basically how people in what we now call the United States of America travelled from the east of the country to the west of the country. Okay, it's when they headed west. The gold rush, all that jazz. Now, you might remember them. At night time, they used to circle their, their, their caravan. So their caravan was kind of like a train. You know the way a train is in a row? And it's all separated by carriages. Well, this is the same kind of thing, only they're not all attached. So you have horses pulling individual caravans in... um, Oh, what's the fucking modern term? There's a word they use. Fuck, give us two sacks. Convoy. That's what it is, convoy. So they're traveling along a convoy, but at night what they used to do was they used to make a circle out of their convoy. Okay, now this served two purposes. One which was played up on big time, but not all that common back at the time. It was played up big time in the movies. Was that it was to defend you against the Indians. Okay? The Native Americans, as they're now known. But, realistically, what it was better at was keeping your livestock. Because people brought livestock on the on the journey with them. They brought their fucking cattle. They brought their kids. They brought everything. It took fucking four or five months or so of trekking along to get from let's say the east coast to to the west coast but anyway why the fuck are we talking about the oregon trail who gives a fuck the oregon trail was started out by fur trappers i think in the early 1800s it was from 1811 i think is when it officially started to about 1840 okay 
that's when it was. Now, again, that timeline, what's that, fucking 200 years, there, thereabouts. Yeah, it's probably about 200 years ago. What the fuck has that got to do with anything? Not a whole pile. But I'll tell you what happened at the same time, which might blow your tiny little mind. Do you know it was invented in 1843? So right smack bang in the middle, when there was cunts heading from the east of the United States to the west in the gold rush, okay? Heading west for new land and new fucking whatever and manifesting their destiny and coming up against engines and all that kind of jazz, shooting buffalo along the way. What was invented at the same time? The fucking fax machine, lads. The fax machine. Alexander Bain invented the fax machine in 1843 while everybody else in America was in the fucking Oregon Trail. Madness. Did you ever hear of fucking Cleopatra? The ancient fucking Egyptian chick, okay? She lives closer to now than she did the building of the pyramids in Giza. Okay, she was closer to having a Twitter account than being around when they built that fucking thing. Okay, here's another one for you. Do you remember Will Smith? Remember Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Will Smith is older now than Uncle Phil was back then. What the fuck is wrong with the world? Here's one for you. Greenland sharks, okay? It's a particular type of shark that lives deep in the Atlantic Ocean. They live to be fucking 400 years old, lads. 400 years old. A fucking fish. But what's even more interesting than that is they're not sexually active until they're what age? hundred and fucking fifty. What the fuck? Greenland sharks live to be 400 years old and aren't sexually active to 150. Fucking mental. Do you know what else is mental? Right, here's one for you. 9-11, okay, happened in 2001, okay? Members of the Taliban flew themselves into the trade towers and the rest is literally history, Okay. That was 19 years ago, all right? Most of us hopefully will remember it. 19 years ago. Do you know it was only 12 years before it? And maybe this, maybe you just go, yeah, and. But this blew my fucking mind. So 9-11 was 19 years ago. The Berlin Wall came down in 1989, which was only 12 years before that. So there's 19 years between now and and 9-11, but only 12 years between 9-11 and the Berlin fucking wall coming down. Fucking mental. Here's another one for you. Sliced bread was was invented in 1928, okay? So my granddad-in-law, the wife's granddad, who's 96, is literally older than sliced bread. Now, in keeping with timelines, I want to talk about something that I haven't talked about before. I haven't talked about it before, should I say. I have a huge interest in it. I'm fucking obsessed with the hunting things. And I don't think it's ever even came up. I don't think I've ever mentioned them. Dinosaurs, lads. Fucking dinosaurs. I can't get enough about dinosaurs. Do you know what the biggest dinosaur that ever lived was? It was this thing called Argentinosaurus, okay? The fucking thing was 100 tonnes. 100 tons now again like the measurements i've given before and like billions of years and light years and all that kind of stuff it's hard to get your head around like what's 100 tons i'll tell you what 100 tons in is 100 tons is a boeing 757 okay a giant fucking airplane that was about 200 seats on it like an enormous aircraft 100 tons these things are fucking huge okay do you know what else is about 100 tons actually do you know what's bigger than 100 tons the blue whale Bigger than any dinosaur, bigger than anything that's ever lived. It's knocking about today in 2020. The blue fucking whale, lads, we know can live, not can live, can grow up to 150 tons. Okay, so a fucking Boeing 757 and a half. 
couple of fucking tidbits of information about the blue whale before I get back to dinosaurs. The tongue, right? A blue whale's tongue weighs about the same as an elephant. A blue whale's tongue weighs about the same as an elephant, okay? Its heart is the size of a car, and its fucking diet is four to eight tons of krill a day. Four to eight tons of krill a day. Fucking amazeballs. Here's another one for you. This is cooler. This is, this is in relation to the conservation of energy, and it's fucking deadly. I've seen drone footage of a blue whale swimming along, minding its own business. And what a blue whale does to feed, like, like how the fuck does it get, you know, four to eight tons of krill? It doesn't go fucking picking them off one by one. That's for damn sure. No. It sees, a cl- like, a cloud of them. So it's looking ahead of itself, and it can see that the water is pink. And it's pink because it's so densely packed full of krill. It swims up to it, opens its enormous big mouth that it'd probably swallow your fucking house, never mind you, whole, and gulps in, you know, 10 tons of water and with the four to eight tons of krill in it and then filters out the water and there you go, you have your fucking, your meal, all right? But interestingly, the cloudy patch, the pink cloudy patch of krill has to be of a certain size because if it's too small... Okay, get on this. Conservation of energy. If the if the cloud of krill is too small, the big I'm sorry, the blue whale won't open its mouth and swallow them. It'll just keep its mouth closed and cruise straight fucking through them. Because when you when a blue whale opens its mouth, when it's swimming along and it opens its mouth, it's essentially pulling the brakes on. Okay, it's like a it's essentially the same way a parachute works only it's out in front of the whale and not behind the whale okay you open up that mouth and you lose all of your aquadynamics as opposed to aerodynamics we we run with aquadynamics but you you it loses its streamlinedness okay and it essentially puts the brakes on so if the cloud of krill isn't big enough let's say there's only half a ton of krill in it the blue whale it doesn't know this, it knows this instinctively. If it opens up its mouth and slows itself down for a small meal, if that meal is so small, it doesn't give the whale the energy to get back up to the speed it was at. It means that it will have lost calories in eating that meal. Fucking mental. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if I worded that particularly well. As the blue whale is swimming along, if it sees a huge big mouthful of krill, it'll open it up, which effectively puts the brakes on and slows it down, gulps in its couple of ton of krill, and away it goes. But put it this way, now just keep the, the maths basic. As it's swimming along and it just opens its mouth for the crack, that slows it down. In order for it to get back up to speed, it has to burn, I don't know, fucking 100,000 calories. I've no idea, but call 100,000 just a nice round figure. It needs 100,000 it will use 100,000 calories, flapping its big fucking tail, getting itself going again. If there's only 80,000 calories in the cloud of krill, then it's literally not worth its fucking time stopping. How fucking insane is that? Back to dinosaurs and back to timelines. See how I did that? You're familiar with the T-Rex? Big Tyrannosaurus motherfucker? 
you're probably familiar with the Stegosaurus as well. The Stegosaurus, just to remind you, was the dude with the big platelets sticking out of its back. All along its spine, it basically had these huge big platelets. And it had two spikes either side on the end of its tail. Like a like a club only with spikes, basically. Like a baseball bat with nails sticking out of it, that kind of thing. And big plates all along its back. Most people are familiar with that. If you know what a fucking dinosaur is, odds are you know what a Stegosaurus is. Here's one for you. Okay, the T-Rex lived around 90 to 70 million years ago. Okay, so just before the dinosaurs were wiped out by a big fucking meteor impact, 65 million years ago, T-Rex was knocking around, okay? That was 74 million years after Stegosaurus was around. So there's literally more time between me recording this podcast and a T-Rex than there was... From a T-Rex to a fucking Stegosaurus. And on that note, I'll chat to you tomorrow for the final episode of the solo season two. Toodles. <laughs>